0: Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you
1: dumbass.
2: What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the Wednesday, May the 22nd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's day five of OTAs. In the books, we've got reports from the portions of practice open to the media and who is showing out so far in the hats and the shorts. Plus, I pre-wrote a piece on Mika Fitzpatrick's versatility and Coach Flores essentially corroborated his usage of in this new scheme we'll hear from Minka himself and talk about his expanded role on this defense it's a podcast of quick hitters and tons of information today we'll get into all of that but first before any of it i kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app apple podcast stitcher tuned in google play go ahead and leave us a rating leave us a review Give me a follow on Twitter, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter, as voted by Dolphins Twitter. And check out LockdownDolphins.com. Go check out the Josh Rosen piece, Kevin Dern's defensive analogs piece, the news updates from OTAs, my Minka Fitzpatrick article. We have the best and most frequent content of anybody out there, LockdownDolphins.com. And last but not least, the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts, like the Lockdown Heat Podcast and Locked On NFL Podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams let's go
0: that's another miami dolphins
2: and today's show is brought to you in part by hotels.com don't leave it up to your friends to book your trip book your own trip with hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere with hotels.com be there do that get rewarded All right, OTA number two of the week and number five out of nine overall is in the books. And our newest writer, Chris Kowalski, is killing it for us so far. You can find him on Twitter, at Finn Troopers. But he detailed the Flores pre-practice presser—that's a tongue twister— And we'll get into some of those details here in just a bit, but he peeled back the curtain on the TNT moniker, the Takes No Talent moniker we all became aware of last week. It further demonstrates his belief in the small details, in the fundamentals of the game, and the teaching aspect. We've talked about that at length on this show. And as Chris writes, the acronym TNT painted on the practice field wall establishes a mindset among players one which Flores himself learned in high school of ensuring that everything possible is done to take care of the fundamentals rather than solely relying upon talent to gain focus, execute properly, and to avoid penalties, quote, those are the details which win games, end quote. And Flores continued on discussing the abundance of traits they have at the wide receiver position and how the plan is going to be to formulate the strengths of the offense around those players and the game plan around those players. And again, we're going to have more on that later on the show with a national media perspective from Dan Orlovsky on the Move the Sticks podcast. But as for practice on the actual field itself, Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald states it was a terrific day of practice, which frankly is something of a new development from previous regimes because I've been doing this where I scroll through Twitter or the practice reports since the days of John Beck back in like 2007. And it seems like every offseason practice of those previous regimes, for lack of a better term, were shit shows. And that dates back, that predates even Joe Philbin back to Tony Sperano. So definitely check out Beasley's feed on practice days. He's one of the top guys in the game. Beasley notes that Charles Harris, Raekwon McMillan, Kalen Balazs, Dwayne Allen, Cordrea Tankersley, Chase Allen, and Jamius Pittman were all not at practice. And that goes along with Rashad Jones' continued absence which is for bad reasons, and Albert Wilson's absence, which is because he's rehabbing. But we did get Jakeem Grant back out there, albeit in a limited role. More on that later as well from Joe Shad. And speaking of the Palm Beach post Joe Shad, he made an interesting observation at practice on Wednesday as well that he said that everybody runs from drill to drill, and it's this in-practice conditioning test that Brian Flores is putting his team to this test to make them the most conditioned team in the National Football League. And it makes sense for the type of team they want to be, a run-heavy defensive standout team that can beat you in the fourth quarter once they wear you down at home in this Miami Heat. But guys are picking up the pace between drills, whereas in the past it was kind of a loafing and walking to the next drill, the next portion of practice from individuals to 7-on-7 to 11-on-11. Guys were walking on those drills. Now they're running all over the place. And they even try to catch players like Jakeem Grant, who said that one time he began to walk and Coach Flo said, what are you doing? Are you walking? And he picked it up and said, nope, not me, never. So there's this fun mentality. They're building into this workman-like mentality. And it's a refreshing change. And you guys will hear me on the Lockdown Bills podcast, I think, today. Today. I believe Joe Marino is going to release that podcast, but it's a fantastic conversation between two football nerds talking Bills and Dolphins, and he made a comment that he sees a lot of Brian Flores in Sean McDermott, or vice versa, however you want to put that, but just in the way he's come in and really, really kind of opened himself up to the players and developed this relationship that is both friendly- but also demanding. And that's exactly what I want to hear. I love seeing it. I love hearing it. It's all lip service for now, but I think it's something we can get excited about going forward. I think the Dolphins have found their leader in Brian Flores. Will he be the resolution to the head coach and the wins piling up behind that? We will see, but he is definitely billed as the leader we thought he was going to be. And speaking of that one last note, apparently everybody does push-ups when they mess up on the practice field, and Coach Flores will join them in those push-ups. And that reminds me of the great Willie Mays Hayes scene from Major League when he has to do push-ups after he hits the ball into the air. So I just wanted to make a comment about how funny that was to me when I first read it. But all of this, all of this cumulatively boils down to this one thing. I really don't think you're going to see this team get beaten by the mistakes. Adam Gaze's teams were undisciplined and led the league in penalties in 2017. And I believe that number was pretty high in 2016 and 2018 as well. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. And this might be beating the same tired drum. But those are the fine details that determine winners and losers. Because the part of the NFL that makes it so damn great and gets us all to watch every single Sunday is the fact that nearly... The majority of games come down to that final possession. And those details can make the difference in those one-score games between winning and losing the bottom line league. So getting that foundation belt, elevating these young guys into leadership roles, that's how a sustained program is going to be built on winning. And speaking of that, Safi Dean of the Sun Sentinel, as we take a trip around all the local papers today mentioned that Brian Flores praised Jerome Baker for his leadership. And if you guys want to read more about Jerome Baker and how he was brought up, I wrote about his story back when the Dolphins drafted him last April in 2018, talking about his father's youth football camp and how Jerome Baker has taken on the role of mentor to a lot of young kids. He is an inherent leader at the linebacker position, just in the way Rayquan McMillan is. Two more reasons to get just stoked about those two young men flying all over the football field. Okay, we have some Minka Fitzpatrick talk to get to next. Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald tweeted out that Coach Flores says they're going to use Minka Fitzpatrick at safety, corner, linebacker, team bus driver, team pilot, team cook. I'm just kidding on those. But he's going to do everything for this football team. And if that doesn't alter the complexion of your pants, maybe Blue Chew will. Listen up, guys. Chew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work like a Brian Flores conditioning program. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy, and right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code On. Just pay $5 shipping, again, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. This was probably my mistake in the way I planned the scheduling of it, but the Josh Rosen final scouting report is not performing very well on the Locked On Dolphins webpage. And maybe I didn't introduce it well enough, but I promise you guys it's the most detailed information you're going to get on Josh Rosen. And I know I've got about four to 5,000 listeners on the podcast every single day. So why do I not have 4,000 views on that article in all seriousness? Check it out, LockedOnDolphins.com, the book on Josh Rosen's 2018 season. It's very detailed. I promise you guys will not be disappointed that you checked it out. But speaking of the website up on LockedOnDolphins.com, we have another piece up there today talking about Miami's new favorite son. I don't think I know any Dolphins fan that dislikes Minka Fitzpatrick. It's titled Maximizing Minka Fitzpatrick's Unique Versatility because he played all over the formation last year. And before we get into that, I want to go back to Minka at college a little bit to reiterate the fact that this guy won the Bednarik and Thorpe awards for best defensive player and best defensive back in college football, and the only players to ever do that were Charles Woodson, Patrick Peterson, and Minka Fitzpatrick. So two Hall of Famers and Minka Fitzpatrick who for my money as a rookie was terrific even though the data and the production was kind of up and down week to week and we're going to get to that here in just one second. But let's go back to last summer when Pete Thamel of Yahoo wrote one of the all-time great articles as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins, as it pertains to the inside look at the NFL, but just in general of sports journalism. This article was fantastic. It's 10 parts. It's going to take you a couple hours to read, but I read the entire thing last summer. But he talks about, in part number nine, why scouts love to visit Nick Saban in Alabama. And I'm just going to read this for you guys real quick here. A single iPhone picture perfectly captures the extreme affinity of the Miami Dolphins scouts for Alabama defensive back Minka Fitzpatrick. The Dolphins didn't expect Fitzpatrick to be around at number 11 when they selected him in the first round of the NFL draft on Thursday night. They rejoiced with a cacophony, which I've never heard that word, a cacophony of celebration in the draft room, high fives, backslaps, and hoots of joy. The root of the enthusiasm can be crystallized to 9.01 a.m. on the morning of October 21st when Dolphins National Scout Ron Brockington arrived six hours early before the kickoff of Crimson Tide's game with Tennessee that day. He soon settled in to the Alabama football facility to watch some film, a rare opportunity for a scout at a Blue Blood program on game day, but he walked through the facility that morning. He noticed Fitzpatrick watching film by himself in the DB's room, and it was an unusual and inspiring scene on the morning of a game. The image of Fitzpatrick struck Brockington as the junior already put on his suit, donned headphones to cut out distractions, and appeared locked in on seeking one final edge. Brockington took a picture of his, on his iPhone and sent it to fellow National Scout Matt Winston and General Manager Chris Greer with the caption, Game Day Minka is here watching video, end quote, with two clapping hand emojis after that. For the Dolphin Scouts in Brass, catching Fitzpatrick in that impromptu moment of dedication reinforced what they'd seen on video, heard from staff personnel, and their background research. Quote, I dropped the mic, end quote, Brockington says. I could not believe that top professionalism could go on and on. So clearly this guy is going to be the linchpin, the versatile key that holds the entire kingdom on his shoulders in terms of this Dolphins defense. And Coach Flores said it. He's going to play cornerback. He's going to play safety. He's going to play linebacker. And if you go back to his 2018 snap counts, according to profootballfocus.com, he was in the slot for 379, on the outside for 281, at deep safety for 166, a box safety, which basically amounts to a linebacker role, at 95 snaps, and up on the defensive line, basically pressuring the weak side C-gap for 23 snaps. All 944 of those snaps widespread across various roles in the nfl which is so impressive for a young guy his age to come in and excel at that rate he also played 100 snaps on special teams but he didn't just have versatility he was dominant in some of those areas especially early on as a slot cornerback his first two games he was targeted 13 times and allowed 48 or 48 receiving yards 3.69 ypa that is low for a running back But there were nine passers in the NFL that went over eight yards per attempt in the NFL last season. So Fitzpatrick to hold that number under four yards is insane. And you add on the fact that he's a fantastic cover guy. He added four run stops in that two-game stretch, tackles within two yards of the line of scrimmage. He would then change positions to a pair of starts at safety. One not so good, one pretty good. But in the stretch afterward, when he came back to slot corner against the Bengals, Bears, and Lions... He allowed 61 yards on nine targets, a much higher 6.78 YPA, but still well below the league average. Fitzpatrick then kicked back out to safety for two more games against the Texans and Jets. And what this all amounts to is that the Dolphins didn't really have a clear, concise plan with Minka Fitzpatrick. They basically just took him and moved him around by necessity and didn't have a care for his long-term development. And how much Or how fitting is that, rather, with the Mike Tannenbaum mode of let's plug holes, let's focus on today, and forget what the future has to hold. That's not what was best for Fitzpatrick's development as he goes back to perimeter corner for five games and then kicks back to safety for the final two games of the 2018 season and you look at the way the Patriots utilized Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung in New England two of their top safeties or the two top safeties with the Patriots they were all over the formation too as Devin McCourty was back at deep safety for 611 snaps a box safety for 349 in the slot for 143 on the outside for 61 snaps and Patrick Chung was different in that he was down in the box for 406 snaps, deep safety only for 77, perimeter cornerback for 120, and inside the slot for 276. And the reason I bring those up and look at the film and the way they kind of handle those roles on the Patriots defense is that I think Minka can do a little bit of all of that stuff from playing that deep safety and showing the sideline to sideline range. We know he can come down and cover the slot. We know he's a terrific run supporter. I think one thing they didn't have him do at all was blitz off off the edge and that's something the Patriots have their safeties do and I think Minka is more than adept to handle that role. He can cover the slot. He can cover the outside. He can come down and rob out of two deep sets. He can play zone coverage, man coverage. I am just so impressed with this guy's film. I put several clips up on the article, maximizing Minka Fitzpatrick's unique versatility on LockedOnDolphins.com in that Twitter thread. I think I had 13 videos in there. So go check those out to see just how unique this player is and how lucky we are to really have them. And before we go on to the next point of the podcast, the next segment, I wanted to play my clip from my interview I had with Minka following the Buffalo Bills win last year, talking about his versatility, and I asked him what the process was like to come into the NFL and play so many different roles in his rookie season. You played a lot of positions this year, you know, safety, slot corner, outside corner. How is that kind of progress going for you in your rookie year? and kind of putting a lot on your plate, you know, early on like this.
1: Um, I kind of slowed down when moving around. Uh, they, they kind of just... Stuck me at the outside corner for the last uh, three, four weeks. And, uh, you know, that's been good. But before that, you know, I think it definitely developed me. You know, just being able to move around. And uh, you know, I had to learn the whole defense, which makes me more comfortable just playing uh, on the field. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, knowing the defense means you can be more instinctive. You can play faster. You don't have to think as much. You just react. Um, so I think that definitely helped me out a whole lot. Um, and you know, I'm just going to keep trying to progress that where they have me at right now and my job.
2: So that's what I wanted to get to, the entire point of this article and Brian Flores putting the impetus on Minka Fitzpatrick to play all those roles because he knows that means he can basically have a knowledge of the entire defense. It allows him to play fast and not have to think. He can just react and move that way. But it also puts him in a leadership role, a leadership position to get guys correctly aligned, to make checks from the secondary. I just think that Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be the guy that Brian Flores entrusts this entire defensive scheme to. And frankly, I couldn't be more happy about that because he is a star in the waiting all right, we're going to shift gears here and come back on the other side of the podcast and talk about some more practice notes from Tuesday's OTAs. We're halfway through the OTAs, and then we got mandatory minicamps to start June and then the long, long summer break without any sports besides baseball. So I hope you guys are into baseball, and I hope your team's better than my Seattle Mariners who get beat by about 45 runs every single night now. Let's go ahead and change gears here. Before we do that, though, I got to remind you guys that today's show is brought to you by Untuck It. You know that dads come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and so should their shirts. Tall, short, slim, relaxed. And it's not just for dads because as the summer months come around, I like to wear shorts and a nice button-up shirt. But the problem is they never quite fit unless you tuck them in. And who wants to be the guy with a tucked-in shirt? You ever wonder why your father's button-ups look so baggy and frumpy at the end of the day? It can be hard for guys to pull off that casual look, untucked look that isn't sloppy. And that's where Untuck It comes in. Untuck It is the solution that fits just right. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking, no tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code LOCK, that's L-O-C-K-E, promo code LOCK to get 20% off your order. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look
1: no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
2: according to Adam Beasley, and I didn't check the other beat guys, the usual suspects that tend to have a little bit more of a negative tone when it comes to the Dolphins' success and their future endeavors, but Adam Beasley said the Dolphins' practice was very sharp and mentioned a lot of individual participants that had good practices, and I'm going to go ahead and run through those guys that he mentioned real quick. Devontae Parker, again, back for his annual practice championship trophy, team MVP of May and June. I don't want to harp on Devontae Parker because I've done plenty of that and I'm flat out rooting for the guy. I think it would be a great story if he could turn things around and it could be a testament to this coaching staff if they can get something out of Devontae Parker and also just keep him healthy and get him in a program that keeps him healthy and keeps him determined to stay onto the field. So Devontae Parker has had a great week of practice Kenny Stills was noted for being fantastic and sharp all day. Mike Kosicki as well, part of that. He added some weight and maybe is going to be a little bit more functional this year. Minka Fitzpatrick is on that list as well, as you would expect. Chris Lamons, Jamal Wiltz, Montre Hardage, a bunch of unknown cornerbacks in this defense all had really good days as well, and he noted how good of a practice it was in general. But I want to start here with Jamal Wiltz, who was formerly on the Patriots practice squad, and he got the call back before free agency really began. And I think that you can look into this with a bit of a Patriots-flavored lens or Patriots-colored lens, if you will, as a player that might have a chance to get into the back part of the roster and maybe have an impact the way guys like J.C. Jackson did last year, the way Malcolm Butler did in 2014. Josh Boyer of the Patriots, the cornerbacks coach formerly of the Patriots, I should say, now in Miami coaching DBs along with Tony Oden, has a track record of developing underdrafted or even undrafted guys at the cornerback position and turning them into productive NFL players. And it goes back to something I've been harping on all offseason, how imperative it is for this Dolphins team to find success at the cornerback position with one of these guys that's underpaid, or I guess just not well compensated in general to help offset the cost of Xavier Howard and Bobby McCain. At the position. So Jamal Wiltz has a chance, has some familiarity with the coaches. He'll be a guy to watch in training camp. And let's go back to a position that you guys want to hear more about the quarterback. Josh Rosen was sharp as well today, on Tuesday, according to the reports. And I think the interesting thing that comes out of that was that guys like Devontae Parker, guys like Preston Williams, who I left off my initial list, and Mike Kosicki all are having these big days. What type of players are those guys? Those are flex pieces that can go up and outleap players for the football. They can make plays on back shoulder throws. They can go down the seam and elevate and go above the rim, so to speak, and make plays in that regard as well. And that coincides with my film study, which you should be reading, by the way, on LockedOnDolphins.com, that... Josh Rosen excels at those types of throws, throwing guys open, and Kyle Krabs at the Draft Network mentioned this on my t- on my Twitter timeline as well, that Josh Rosen in college, one of his biggest strengths, was throwing guys that were not open, throwing them open. And I saw that on tape as well, so that has to be exciting, especially when you sprinkle in all the speed the Dolphins have with guys like Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, and Jakeem Grant. So, exciting news there, some... <laughs> I hate getting excited about these off-season practices, but it's kind of hard not to because things have changed, and we'll see if it's for the better, but at least they've changed. Let's go ahead and make a quick turn here and talk about Dan Orlovsky on Tuesday's Move the Sticks podcast. It was fantastic. I highly recommend going back and listening to the entire episode But I'll go ahead and cue up some audio here on Josh Rosen and Chad O'Shea and how Dan Orlovsky feels about that marriage and what Josh Rosen has had to deal with from his time leaving high school, going to UCLA, where he was void of any real leadership because of the constant turnover and the fact that he was a true freshman that came in there and basically had to play right away without having an older mentor to give him the ropes or teach him the ropes and how the same thing happened in Arizona. Here is the audio.
0: Josh Rosen has never had a mentor. He went from high school Mm -hmm. straight to UCLA and was like, go. And he's never had someone to just kind of sit back and go, all right, I want to, I want to implement that into my life, or I want to be a little bit more like that. Or, Oh, that's how I handle throwing three interceptions and losing the game for our team. Or that's how I handle throwing four touchdowns and winning the game for our team. So I'm very interested to see how him getting kicked in the face a little bit and a little bit embarrassed yeah. that he really can he grow from that and learn from a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, even if it's just a little bit. And so
2: Orlovsky said that he took a lot of things from those mentors, those guys in leadership roles, and that's how he learned a lot of things in this league. And Rosen's never had that. They then spun it forward, talking about Chad O'Shea and how Rosen might have a chance to finally get some mentorship and some leadership based on a guy who was well known and well regarded and one of the more underrated coaches in the National Football League. Let's go ahead and roll that audio.
0: Let's have full things, uh, and and this is a really good opportunity for Josh Rosen to dispel some of the conversation out there or the narrative out there of him. I agree with the depletion of the roster, but I will say this. Chad O'Shea going down to Miami and coming from where he's been in New England for a decade completely understands how to manipulate scheme to cover up your roster flaws right your your offensive line flaw your skill talent flaw and you have to have a very intelligent quarterback to do that and that's Rosen's strength so like that is my glass half full view of it is like maybe just maybe (laughs) since he does excel in the brain aspect that they can utilize him to overcome some of the flaws that are there but Um, certainly him and and Sam Darnold have been put into some... So he just goes on to talk about
2: the ability or the opportunity that Josh Rosen has under this new coaching staff. And we keep talking about it. It's been a talking point here on the podcast, but it's good to hear someone like Dan Orlovsky who played for 12 years in the league and who was lauded for his work on the whiteboard as an analyst talk these things about the Dolphins quarterback, the 22-year-old Dolphins quarterback who really only can go up from here. And before we close out, another lengthy podcast here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. My last note was that Jakeem Grant did return to practice, but he mentioned some stiffness in getting warmed up. So he's not at full speed, but I wanted to mention the impact that he had on the offense last year before that injury in the first five games had touchdowns of 102 yards, 71 yards, 52 yards, and 18 yards through those five games. We're going to talk more about him and the rest of the offense on tomorrow's podcast. I'm working on getting the Albert Wilson charting project done. So we're going to have more offensive football for you guys coming up on future editions of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. But as for today's podcast, that's going to wrap things up. And this show was brought to you in part by Grip6, the best belt in the universe, where their goal is to literally make the best belt that has ever been made. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and even moms and wives. They have a women's collection as well. Ultra lightweight belt with no holes, no flaps, and it carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist. Makes it super comfortable. Grip6 has a special offer for you guys at grip slash lock, L-O-C-K-E. Again, grip6.com lock to get your hands on the most comfortable belt out there on the market. All right, guys, if you have a smart speaker, you know that you can pull up the Locked On Dolphins podcast right away by just saying play Locked On Dolphins podcast for your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. Also, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on the Himalaya Podcast app. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingful NFL, the show at LockedOnFins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a mailbag edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.